everybody, welcome to Why I Coach, the latest podcast here on strivesports.com. Before we get you into the podcast, we want to let you know that it is brought to you by Truck Center Companies. Matt Hoskinson here for Truck Center Companies. At Truck Center Companies, we sell Freightliner and Western Star trucks, the market-leading trucks on the road, and we're constantly improving our performance to offer our customers the best experience possible. As part of our elite support initiative, driver comfort and customer amenities are emphasized at all of our eight locations throughout Nebraska, Kansas, and Iowa. We'll make you feel at home. If it has to do with trucks, we've got you covered, including body shops at our Omaha, Lincoln, and Wichita locations. Truck drivers are the lifeblood of America, and you deserve the best. Come to Truck Center Companies and keep your drive alive. Hey everybody, welcome back to Why I Coach on Strivesports.com. We jump into basketball season with the defending Class B girls champion head coach Jennifer Roggi. Uh, the Antlers uh, returning a few nice pieces from a year ago when they won the Class B state championship. We do talk at length about that week and what it was and all of the different emotions that Coach Roggi and the Antlers went through uh, for the entirety of that postseason run and especially that weekend at state. Also, what it means to uh, be a coach under and with and for Gene Kruger at uh, Elkhorn and all of the stories, and we've got some good ones in this story as well. And also, what uh, advice Jennifer would give herself if she could go back to Bruning and talk to her younger self. So enjoy our conversation with Jennifer Rangi, the head coach of the Elkhorn girls basketball team. This is Why I Coach. Coach, thanks for, for letting us uh, pick your brain for a little bit here and, and telling some stories. So we asked the resume question first, as far back as you want to go, when did sports become a thing uh, for Jennifer? Okay, well, um, I've loved sports ever since I can remember. So, um, you know, you saw some some sports on TV. You were lucky to get on your three channels a sporting event, but I loved all kinds of sports. Um, started playing, I don't know if you'd call it organized basketball, a little different than what it is today, but in third grade, I think. And uh, it was just come in on maybe six Saturdays for two hours, and I think we got to play maybe two games a year, so that was pretty exciting. And then um, I grew up in a small small town uh, near Brun or Bruning was the town, and uh, played junior high sports there and three sports, of course, because that's what everybody did. And uh, graduated from Bruning, and then um, went to Midland College and played basketball there for four years. So uh, right played, out, of, played that pretty well. I uh, I tried. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, our teams were pretty successful there, and then uh, from there, I coached at Crete as an assistant for four years, and uh, got a job in Elkhorn. Coached here for as an assistant for five years before I became the head coach. And and so so take me back to Bruning. What was what was that like uh, playing with the uh, you know the small playing for the Bears, right? Right, right. Uh, I remember that gym well. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's extinct now. I mean, they're not the Bears anymore, but it was exciting. You know, you grew up playing with the same people um, from you know third grade on to when you graduated. So we had a lot of fun there. We had some success there. We made it. We made it to state two years, which uh, was pretty exciting because we ran. I think D2, D1, and C2 all were when I was in high school. So we kind of moved around the classes. Um, my basketball coach was my uh, Fred Cluck, who had some success bruning and bruning Davenport with the boys and the girls. 
Um, he was my actual coach from seventh grade through my senior year. So that was pretty exciting to have, you know, the same coach and that consistency throughout the whole experience. And, and, and I, I, know I remember going to basketball camp in Bruning and, and Fred was the man. So that was probably you running that actually at the time when I was, uh, I'm a couple <laughs> years younger, but that was as, as funny as I was uh, kind of looking back and I'm like, well, yeah, this is exactly, it's exactly the person I need to interview for this <laughs> podcast. So, uh, Talk to me about um, Midland and some of the coaches and uh, the experiences there. Um, I had uh, a Hall of Fame coach in Joanne Brocker and her husband at Midland. Um, they were they were awesome coaches. Uh, they they didn't just coach you in basketball, but you know prepared you for life. And uh, you know Joanne is in the uh, actual the National Basketball Hall of Fame. She got inducted the same year, I believe, as Pat Summit. So that that was pretty exciting to tell. You. It kind of tells her success. Um, she was all about, uh, you know, women's sports, and she kind of got it going back in the 70s. And so she did a great job with educating anybody that played for her about the struggles that, you know, females went through just to get on the basketball court or just to get a chance to play. So I felt like, you know, she taught a lot of the history of it, um, women's sports, but also she taught a lot about the game of basketball. And uh, I, I feel like she taught me a lot with the X's, the O's, uh, but more importantly, you know, just how to get through life and, and through struggles and things like that. So I was very fortunate. Um, I also had an assistant coach there. Her name was Ann Prince. She is actually a Bruning girl. Her name was Ann Albright then. Uh, a really cool story about her. She was pretty implement. Uh, she she helped recruit me, and then uh, was a big part of my life then. And uh, she actually this year is now our assistant coach. So she's coaching with me this year. So. Uh, it's kind of everything's kind of came around full circle. So um, just I'm really fortunate to be around those kind of people that have been successful and uh, can enjoy the successes that I've had. And uh, we can just, you know, still keep in touch and and, uh, you know, enjoy things uh, from Midland uh, a couple years there with Crete. What was uh, those experiences like with the Cardinals? <clears throat> um, it was pretty exciting. It was a great experience. Um, I had great friends there. Uh, great coaches that I was under. Um, we were competitive. Uh, we made it to state one year. Uh, we were in, a, in the conference there with uh, Skyler, who was really good at that time, and uh, Seward, who was really good at that time. So um, I learned a lot about those, that conference and those schools, you know, and uh, just kind of got the base for coaching there and got my feet in the water a little bit and got some experience. I coached actually track and volleyball there as well. So um, it led to you know, obviously getting a job here and, uh, you know, I, I've co I haven't coached volleyball since then, but as far as track and basketball goes, I've been involved with that. So I, I've, I've asked this question of other, especially it's been interesting to note the football coaches when I asked this question, that first job out of college, they all tell me that they're, they're driving to that first job, hair on fire, they're going to set the world on fire. Was that the, I'm curious, is that the same kind of mentality you had coming, coming out of school? Yeah, I think when you come out of school, you think you know everything. And you think you can, you know, be a head coach right then and there. And then you start to experience things as an assistant. And you see the struggles that uh, your head coach goes through and um, everybody goes through. And you start to understand there's more to it than just stepping on the court and maybe coaching in practice and coaching in games. So, I mean, it's, it takes a year-round commitment, and um, you got to have the right parents and the right culture, and that takes some time. So, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's amazing how you think you know everything, and then 
about one year in or two years in, you realize you don't really know anything. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think everything, I believe everything happens for a reason. I was anxious to be a head coach, and there was there was no way I was ready to be a head coach then. And even, even my experience here, I was an assistant for five years. You know, you just learn so much from different people and different experiences. And, I mean, I think I was an assistant then for nine years. And by the time that 10th year rolled around when I was named the head coach, I thought I was ready, and I, I think I was, but at the same time, you know, every single year you still learn, you live and learn, and, you know, you're always searching for uh, different ways to do things and improve things, so I feel like I'm still to this day learning, and I'm fortunate to be around a lot of different people of different sports, not just basketball, that are willing to help and uh, lend an ear and kind of offer advice. You had a, a legend that you got to work for when you got to, to Elkhorn with, with Gene Kruger. What was that like when, when you found out, I, I get a coach with Gene? <laughs> well, it was pretty exciting. In fact, he was, he was actually helping with the boys. And so um, we were struggling with the press one day or one game, and he came down at halftime and offered a suggestion, and we did it, and it worked. And he had never coached girls, not not really been around girls as far as athletics goes. He raised, I think, five boys. And so uh, he started coming to practice and offering advice. And the girls really latched on to him right away. And he latched on to the girls. And uh, even, even this year, you know, he made it to a game, which um, was amazing. And, you know, it's awesome to see the seniors tell the freshmen who this guy is that walks in the locker room after a game and, you know, encourages them. And and then you hear the stories that go along with him from people in the community. And it's, it's just, it's truly amazing. He's a very, very nice man. And, you know, he calls often and asks how things are going. And if I'm frustrated with something, he listens, he offers advice and encouragement. So, I mean, I, I'm, that's another person I'm, you know, just fortunate enough to have to get to know, and uh, I'm glad he's made us a part of his life. What? Give me a give me a good Coach Kruger story uh, <laughs> outside of just the offering of the press break for you. Well, uh, he got me my first technical as a head coach. I can tell you that. <laughs> and uh, if anybody knows Gene, I've heard several stories about how many technicals he used to get. Uh, but uh, yeah, so he has uh, he doesn't say a lot to refs, but. Uh, I think he waved his hand at him in disagreement uh, at an, uh, in a game against Fremont, and I just happened to wave my hand the exact same time he did. So he likes to laugh and say that, you know, the technical was, was on me. But really, I think they had had it listening to him and watching him, so we still chuckle about that. But, you know, the most amazing story was uh, he had never in Elkhorn uh, been a part of a basketball championship. He's been in the runner-up and things like that. So last year, it was awesome that he made it to the game and he got to come down on the floor after the game and be a part of the picture and that experience. So it was just amazing to see the joy in his eyes, just to see you know an Elkhorn school go down there and uh, win a championship finally in basketball. We've got to take a short break, but we'll be back with more with Coach right after this. It's thanks to you that we're where we are today. We're proud to watch these communities grow because they're our communities too. Our neighbors, our friends, it's where we live. These are all our hometowns. And no matter what, the people who will continue to serve your needs with the hometown support you know and trust are just down the street. Cornerstone Bank, growing together. 
Teens drink one-fourth of all alcohol sold in Nebraska. That's two times the national average, fifth worst in the nation. But there's something proven to stop teen binge drinking. It's called parenting, and there is one parenting style that works best. Learn more about the parenting style that works against teen drinking. Talkaboutalcohol.org that had to be a tremendously emotional everything about that because state everything gets ratcheted up um the the terrible story with with your assistant coach ben meyer losing a a, a daughter um, that was right before the state yep. and then i see was it not too long ago actually had had a daughter uh, yep. uh, now so yep. um fun how how life can work out but um were you able at all to be able to put into words what that run of, well, there's three days worth of games, but there's that, that whole week of thinking about what is trying to, uh, to happen, what yeah. you need to try to get done for that, that whole week. I mean, week. it was, it was almost, I think there was, you know, 15 days or 16 days of roller coaster emotions going on. And, uh, even afterwards they were still, you know, we were trying to figure out <laughs> where your emotions are and you're happy, but there was some sadness in there. And, uh, you know, it was, it was truly a roller coaster and, um, the community came together, you know, through Coach Myers, uh, you know, unfortunate loss and his family. And, you know, it was truly a testament of what a team can do for each other. But, you know, more importantly, what a team can do for a family that is struggling at that time, you know. So um, I don't I, – obviously we couldn't take away that pain, but we brought a little bit of enjoyment over that two- or three-week period there. Um, so, you know, that was pretty exciting, absolutely. But at the same time, you know, you're happy, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're nervous, you're um, sad about what a family's going through, and it was just – it was a crazy, crazy couple of weeks. Um, then you get to a championship game, uh, and you get South Sioux <laughs> City and all of the, the uh, history that they have. And also, if I'm not mistaken, it was the first – female-female coaching matchup in, in a state championship. How was that to uh, to kind of be a part of that history with Molly Hornbeck? Yeah, uh, I think somebody said something to uh, – we talked afterwards or during, and uh, somebody said something to us. We, we guess we didn't realize that, but, you know, it's just really cool how that came together. And, um, you know, I can't believe that it's taken that long to have two females coaching against each other in the state championship. Hopefully we have more. Um, but, you know, it was really exciting, I think, um, just for young females to understand that even though it might be, quote-unquote, a man's world as far as basketball goes and uh, athletics go, but, you know, uh, they can also, you know, reach their goals and, and be there. And I hope that we're somewhat of a positive role models or it was a ex positive experience for everybody else to see as well. Uh, coming after that game, uh, you've got a you got a few pieces that came back for this year's seat, uh, team. What was uh, like? How long did it take for you as the coach to kind of get to the next season? Was <laughs> it was it no? We're gonna not think about this for a while and just we'll get to the summer, or was it kind of like okay, no, we got basketball camps that we need to get ready for? Yeah, and start planning. I think we enjoyed you know maybe till about the end of May, and when basketball camp started, we knew. We had some pieces coming back, but at the same time, we had to change a lot of things. So um, I credit our coaching staff. We've really kind of researched and uh, bounced ideas off of people to try to figure out what we could do uh, to make this particular t uh, team successful and give them the best chance to win games. And 
uh, find success on the court. So, you know, in a way, I think we're still searching a little bit. Um, I think we have the right ideas going forward. We just got to keep repping them and uh, keep practicing them, keep tweaking some things. And, uh, you know, it's, it's all a journey. It's, it's where you're at at the end of the season. So we knew that there were going to be bumps along the road, and we've experienced, we still experience those. We just hope that one of these days everything clicks and, uh, you know, we can catch fire at the correct time. Uh, what is the best thing about coaching? Basketball, track, whatever it is, what's the best thing for you? about coaching any sport i i love the process i love watching where an athlete uh, maybe starts their career and ends their career or maybe a team starts the season and ends the season just uh the awesome part of watching people go through it's not awesome watching people go through struggles but the team struggle at times and have to overcome that and uh, be resilient and the life lessons along the way and the best part of coaching is when your players come back to you and everybody always says that but it's true when the players come back to you and you know give you a hug and you talk about the good old days or just talk to them or they send you a text you send them a text and uh, just to watch them be successful throughout life whether it be in athletics or anything else they do is probably the best by far the best part of everything Uh, this is another good question that I've always liked to ask during this podcast was take me back to game one as a head coach uh, do you remember where, what you were feeling, what was going on? I heard a great story about there being wasp in the in the rafters for one game, okay. for somebody's first game. Okay. So, uh, what do you what do you remember about game one as a head coach? All all I remember was being not just nervous all day, but just excited. And uh, I know we played Waverly because we always play Waverly first. <laughs> so uh, I think it was at home, but um, and and they were pretty good. I, I think we won, but at the same time, I just remember um, making sure all day long, all day long that everything was ready to go and I had everything organized and the books filled out correctly. And uh, it was just, it was really nerve wracking, but yet exciting. And I think that school day probably lasted, you know, 20 times longer than it needed to be. So definitely really excited after it. And, um, you know, I still get excited after wins. So I guess I don't know that that's changed any. Uh, on game day, the alarm clock goes off. What's the first thing you're thinking about? <laughs> uh, are we ready? <laughs> you know, uh, you know, just uh, making sure that we have our game plan. I know the game plan. Um, just make sure that uh, we have everything ready to go. And I always wondered, did we prepare them enough for tonight's game? And I think that question continues to go throughout my head throughout the day. And then... Um, throughout the day also just thinking, okay, if they do this, what are we going to do? And just try to mentally prepare, you know, before before it hits, what you're going to do in certain situations. So, um, you know, game days are hard to be in school because you just want to play the game. And I don't think I don't think that excitement is any different for a player or a coach, you know. Um, so I hope that excitement never ends. What about um... – if you could go back to uh, to Bruning and uh, and talk to yourself in third grade, uh, <laughs> and you're getting ready for that that first Saturday two hour practice that might lead to a game here in a couple of weeks, probably against what? Uh, probably against Davenport. Or well, it was against each other. Against no, we didn't other. even get to play other people. <laughs> That's how bad that was. <laughs> uh, what what would you uh, what would you say to yourself back then? Um, well, I, I used to think back then that every game was a, a championship. So probably just take everything in stride and um, probably also understand that, you know, even losses 
and things that you struggle with, they're going to be to your benefit later on. And that's hard in life as well to understand. But, you know, again, I believe everything happens for a reason. So if you can learn from your mistakes and learn from things, then, you know, those kind of bumps in the road are a positive thing. But, um, you know, don't dwell on, don't dwell on, um, failures. Don't dwell on mistakes, you know, figure out what you can do to improve and, uh, just, you know, keep, keep moving forward with it. What is the, uh, what is the thing that you most look forward to at the, on that first practice for every season? They, I love the excitement. Everybody comes in and they're excited. They're a little nervous. Now, usually that's tryouts. And, um, I think just the excitement and the smell of the gym and, um, just, just the enthusiasm that first day and the energy in the gym is, is awesome. And then just trying to get to, uh, know your team and know their strengths and try to figure that stuff out. You know, that takes quite a while, but you know, it starts on that first day. So that's pretty exciting. All right. Uh, Jennifer, this has been great. Thanks so much. And, uh, we look forward to watching more of the antlers coming up. All right. Thank you. Thank you. The spirit of the competition, and you got to think that the stories from Coach Kruger have got to be just legendary. Thanks again to Coach Rogge for her time in sitting down with us for the podcast. That's going to do it for this edition of Why I Coach. Don't forget to check out our website, strivesports.com. Do a search for Why I Coach. You'll find all of our past episodes.